Yo, 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 everybody. It's your girl Joy has questions. And I feel, to be quite honest, I might have even done this You Better Know before. But after seeing several inaccurate reports, I just really feel the need, if you all haven't possibly listened to an episode where I mentioned Jam Metzlinger, well, today is the day. Jam Metzlinger was born on a coffee plantation in Dutch Guiana which is now Suriname. His father, Ernst Metzlinger, was a third-generation Dutchman of German descent, and his mom was a house slave of African descent. So he was biracial, but, you know, still, if you have any drop of African blood in you, you were considered black. At the age of 10, he was apprenticed in the colonial shipworks in Paramambo, where he demonstrated a natural aptitude for machinery and mechanics. He left the Dutch Guiana when he was 19 and worked as a mechanic on a Dutch Indies merchant ship for several years before he settled in good old Philly, yes, we know, home to Meek Mill, where he first learned the shoe trade. In 1877... Um, he basically moved to Massachusetts to pursue his interest in the shoe industry. And then after a while, he went to work for Harney Brothers Shoe Factory. So basically, the way shoes originally were made were they were made by hand. For a proper fit, the customer's feet has to be dupl- duplicated in size and form and then was put on a mold called a last from which the shoes were shaped and sized. So... This was an extremely uh, detailed skill set. Um, such intricate work was thought to only be done by skilled human hands. So in terms of when we think about mass production or assembly lines, there wasn't you know any thought process to, hey, maybe we can do this for shoes. Everyone assumed that you just had to be a craftsman in order to make shoes. So the main component that made it so difficult to create shoes was actually the assembly of the soles to the upper shoe. And it required great skill to tack and sew those two components together. So as a result, this phase was not yet mechanized and shoe lasters held great power over the shoe industry. So literally they could just say, hey, you know what, sis, we don't feel like working and they can stop everyone's payment within the factory. So basically after five years of working at the shoe company, Metzlinger was like, you know what, I'm sick of this shit. And he obtained a patent for his invention of an automated shoe laster in 1883. So basically a laster could make 50 pairs of shoes in a 10 hour day. The shoe machine could produce 150 to 700 pairs of shoes a day and it cuts shoe prices across the nation in half also think about this that's why a lot of times people just have one pair of shoes that was a really really expensive commodity if you could afford them at all so in terms of even developing this machine Metzlinger sacrificed his health working long exhausting hours to make this invention and he didn't eat for a long periods of time because of this he caught a cold which developed into tuberculosis so he died on August 24th, 1889, three weeks shy of his 37th birthday, this man died at 36, having created one of the most lasting and innovative inventions, period, for the shoe industry. So Messlinger's invention was considered the most important invention of New England, and it was a great step forward for the shoe industry um, in terms of any accolades or equity that was getting given to him, we know there wasn't anything provided. And it was clearly because of the color of his skin that he wasn't mentioned in history books until recently. I first learned about him as a little girl listening to Tom Joyner and the Tom Joyner Morning Show and the little known black history facts. Tom Joyner even started to put out little books or booklets to show different African Americans who had done something that weren't necessarily given credit for their inventions. 
Jam Metzlinger is one of those people. So when I see posts that are circulating on Instagram of other African-Americans who equally have done something amazing and innovative, but it's the face of Jam Metzlinger that they're actually posting against it, it really, really boils my potato and cooks my grits. It just pisses me off because it's not only inaccurately describing the achievements of one of our ancestors, but it's now doing it to two. When we say representation matters, you wouldn't want Aretha Franklin up there with Beyonce's face or you wouldn't want Diana Ross sitting here with Jennifer Hudson's accolades. Make sure that we're doing correct by our ancestors. And if you ever want to know, I definitely try and make sure that my research is accurate. So that is this week's You Better Know. And now getting into the rest of the show, using my guest for Joy Has Questions. Hey guys, it's your girl Joy Has Questions. Um, I am mentally just trying to wrap my head around the fact that I won't be in Chicago for like two weeks. And I'm like, how am I going to live? Like, how's this going to work? Um, long story short, we are about to jump right into this next episode. I am so happy to have my boo here. Um, you know, I keep work very church and state, but I have just have to, you know, comment on or actually bring people on. I should say when they're doing dope shit, they're doing dope shit. Like this girl is a black engineer and not like hard hat engineer she is over here giving you javascript or the c plus plus or the language that i don't even think i just said correctly you did you know that was right you you said everything right bitch look at me i'm so proud of you (laughs) (laughs) i was like then on top of it like her body for days, edges laid, skin glowing, over here giving you like a Haitian dream. Like Oh Jesus. And on top of it, she's nerdy as so fuck, like relatable too. She ain't one of these like video girls out here just like, I need a bag for you to talk to me. Like, bitch, what? Like <laughs> That I'm might just... that might be my new policy. Stop playing. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Let me tell you something. <laughs> what are you putting on this comment? <laughs> I, I can be bad all by myself. Hello. Um, no, all jokes aside, I am so happy and blessed to have my girl, Gabby Kravker, a.k.a. No Way She Codes, oh, in the God. building. Hi, babe. Hi. Hi. It's me, Gabby. I'm playing. I'm not about to rap for y'all. I mean, you but, should. No, that's like my that's like my in the shower type thing. I mean, like, girl, look at who is out here getting contracts nowadays. I could say. Valid, but like all my bars are like jokes. All my jokes are like stupid like they're just like that was kind of corny i'm a cornball that's what it is so i mean so that's not the lyrics now. okay the well. lyrics are not happening so let's move on <laughs> i'm like have you listened to some of half the stuff on the radio no because i don't listen to the radio good point that's just not our thing but let's just jump right into it with so according to ig jesus um jesse smollett round 45 like at this point I am the biggest supporter of the LGBTQ community and I'm tired. Like I need answers. Please stop reporting on this because it's it's blown up to a level of R. Kelly proportions. And I just I need it to go. Let's away. just first of all, I just want to say let's cut R. Kelly from any conversation right now because I just I can't right now with the him. Only he's, conver- he's too much. He's too much. He's the, too much. The only conversation I want to just comment on that really quickly and I've said it before what divine justice if it is a black woman who is state's attorney that brings him down. I'm like uh, hello and Jesus has spoken Okay, because I'm here rocking with Kim Fox like no God <laughs> she gets free edge control until her death day. Hello? She has earned. Okay. He needs to go but um, I think 
with the Jesse Smollett situation, and I'm like this with every situation. I'm not just, not to say I'm indifferent, but I refuse to cho- pick a side until I know the facts. Exactly. Until everything is brought out, I'm not about to be like, oh, he's lying or oh, he's not, because it's the people who are saying, oh, he's lying. I'd be the first one to be like, oh my god, I feel so bad for him. If the truth comes out that it was true, you know, and it's like. Why are we like this? Like people are just so quick to hate or like drag somebody down when you don't really know their story. It's so. always it winds up being a retraction. It's it's either way you go. It's always like oh I jumped too quickly on the bandwagon and now I got to take a step back or oh I didn't support him and now I got to explain why. I think the thing for me like case in point, I made a whole post about the situation, but I was looking at it from the fact of how we don't protect little black queer boys. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing. Whether or not he was lying or whether or not this situation actually happened, I said what I said. We don't protect little black queer boys. If the situation was true, I have seen people that victim blamed him, that poked holes. And this is like taking the step back from the the CPD. How do you victim blame a man walking down the street? In the sense of, I was looking at front, yeah, number one, that. Like, <laughs> what? It's like... <laughs> Houses like he can't get you know an Italian BMT at three o'clock in the morning. I'm confused, and that's the thing. Like, oh, I heard that it was whatever the situation was. No one, if if that did happen the way that he was claiming, no one should be like with a noose around their neck or that don't happen in Chicago. First off, Chicago is very segregated. Not only very segregated, but let's not forget about Lenard Clark. You weren't here in Chicago when that happened. That There is a bridge that leads to Bridgeport from Comiskey Park mm-hmm. that even in the 90s, my daddy would be like, you don't walk under that bridge because it is systematically was programmed the fact of like leading into that Irish community. Bridgeport never gave a fuck about black people. It, it was not a place that we went to. You went to the White Top family and you took your black ass home. Mm-hmm. Because if you watched, walked under that bridge, a lot of times like, a lot of the Irish dudes from Bridgeport be waiting to beat your ass. And that happened in the 90s. Leonard Clark was a young black boy who was walking through that area. He got beat to the point of mental like um, um, challenges, basically. So it's like he never was the same afterward. People were just happy that he was functioning to yeah. a certain point. So it's not like that far-fetched to be like... This isn't Mississippi. Like, no, racists are everywhere in our city is segregated as fuck. Now, on the other side of things, if his raggedy ass was lying, I want him to literally lose. Well, he has lost credibility, but you deserve to lose it all. So let me, I'm not playing devil advocate like any of this is right when I say this. I think this is coming from... I always try to see people's perspectives and where they're coming from with mm-hmm. stuff. And if anybody has watched the show You on Netflix, it really puts you in the mindset. Now, this is far-fetched. But it puts you in the mindset of the guy who is kidnapping and killing people. Oh, damn, from Gossip Girl? Yes. I refuse to call him by the name of the... Okay. Like, but, damn, uh, so what tripping. I liked about the show was, like... <laughs> Half of half of the time, you're kind of rooting for him because it shows this human side of him, and you're like, yeah, like you know, whatever. Like it's hard for him to make these decisions, or it's hard for him to do this. But you get an understanding of why he did it. You don't agree because you know he's crazy, but you agree. I mean, but you understand. Like you're like, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate and put myself in maybe not necessarily necessarily Jesse's shoes, but. Maybe even if he did stage it, maybe this was to bring awareness. Maybe he didn't execute it right. 
Now, maybe it's to bring awareness, but he did this all the wrong way. Like, that would, maybe that was his thought process. Like, maybe if I stage this thing, you know, people will see that these things do happen and we can really, you know, keep the movement pushing. Now, unfortunately, I'm not saying that's right. No, I'm just. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. But What it, a hell of a way. I know, <laughs> right? You crazy? I, I've just been, like, really been into this whole thing. Like, at the end of the day, people who do things, good or bad, we're still human. You still thought about it before True. you did it. So I'm always interested in what was your mindset in, if this was a setup, in setting this up? You know, was this for positivity? Even though you went about the wrong way, it's going to be totally negative if it comes out false. But, like, Why? I think number one. Okay, so yes, completely understand the de- the devil's advocate. Per- devil's advocate. I know words. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> I definitely understand that perspective. I think the thing for me is there's no excuse or like even with that rationale, I cannot with all of the horrible. We still are actively dealing with in the Chicago community the Laquan McDonald situation. The Chicago P- CPD, which is like Ava, De- Ava DuVernay even just commented yes, on it. and she was and, very true with that tweet. And I loved the fact that she was like, Let, let's just be real. Y'all continuously keep adding wrongful black men into this whole, you know, huge class action suit of people that y'all have, you know, incarcerated or had give wrongful um, confessions. So when it comes to the credibility of the CPD, it's worse than Jesse's. So I'm not sitting here looking at them like, you know, I actually believe this. I don't believe the CPD for shit. Like, Ever. if they tell nope. me the sky is blue, I need I need skilling to weigh in on this. <laughs> I want to hear what Jerry Taft has to say, Cheryl Scott. I need a, a credible source before I'm like, you're right, CPD, it is blue. But even outside of that, I just look at the situation of if this was a matter of your job, and I've heard multiple cases, like he was trying to get off the show, so he was like, hmm, maybe this will do it. Or he was trying to figure out a way to keep his job, so here's a way to do it. The insanity to sacrifice two communities, not just yeah. the LGBT community, but your black community for your own selfish gain. Like, what type of Steve Harvey bullshit was you on? Like, that to me is just the thing of, I cannot judge because I have done things that, you know, have to certain aspects could be looked at upon. I'm like, Joy, you sold out. That was a moment where you didn't, you know, stand by your principles. And, and we all have those moments. But when you have a platform, I get very Nina Simone-esque and not to be overly righteous. But you have a responsibility to the public that you represent, whether or not you believe that or not, to stand with a level of dignity. Agreed. And the fact of the matter is, Jesse Smollett being on that show or being off that show did not change his financial situation, which is why we then have to look at the fact they meant that much to you that you had to that you was gonna do that. Because really now hoping... you now you're infamous. Now yeah. it's not. Now you've crossed over. But, to and I'm really, I'm really hoping that's not the case. I'm really hoping that right. this is a true story. To be honest, because I mean, you it's worse if it ain't. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you know these celebrities, and you want to have their certain ideas idea of them right and I've been just a fan of like him and his sister and like the image that the Smollett family has portrayed Mm -hmm. and it would just you're not because at that point you're not only tarnishing his name you're tarnishing all of them right you know Journey doesn't deserve this at all I've loved her since hanging with Mr. Cooper exactly so it's like this is a beautiful black family that has been showing positivity in what you said like protecting queer black boys like that is a family that has gone through that has raised what seems to be a successful queer son who is now in the spotlight on empire and it would just totally tear that credibility down 
I think, yeah, and that's the thing, like, the damage that you do when you make decisions like that. I'm like, they're, they're, what type of stunt? Like, I just, I cannot wrap my mind around what would potentially, like, push you in that direction other than the fact of, like, fame and the fact of, like, I could potentially lose it if it is that. Yeah. Now, even looking at us as a community, especially, like, Chicago black community, I saw a lot of people that were just like, mm, I didn't believe it. And, yeah, I think there have been people that were saying it from, like, a Chicago perspective. There's, like... Wait, like Chicago, we don't do that. You know, we don't do that shit. That's not how we operate. I'm just like, we can anywhere something can, can pop off. Like, I hate that mindset. Do can you please understand that Chicago votes blue, Illinois votes Looks red, red mm-hmm. and and has done so consistently mm-hmm. for the past couple of elections. Like, Chicago is in the north. You got Peoria, Bloomington, Quincy, all these other racist backwater ass areas that are like Trump is my guy, and so. It definitely can happen here. I think the other thing for me is like this to me, if it was quote unquote a fake situation to this, the black Chicago community or black people in general, don't use this like the technicality, like we were rooting for you. We all were because I'm like, there was a strong part of us that was African that were just like, man, that's what his, you know, his F ass gets, you know, I won't mm-hmm. say that, but it's like, or that's what his, you know, his sissy ass gets. And I'm like, actually, that's not what anyone deserves. So I don't care if he was out here trying to buy ass. I don't care if he got, I've heard all sorts of stories. It's, it's just aggravating because people can't step out of their element and like their experiences. Or their own insecure. And that, there's just something that it amazes me. Even I still go in places and hear R. Kelly blasting. I still go in places mm-hmm. and see us treating our LGBTQ brothers like trash. Now, and I'm not going to lie. There have been times I've caught myself bopping to R. Kelly and then be like, no, we full can't transparency. This. I we woke up from my nap humming. I believe I can fly, and literally had. To, I don't know what was wrong. No, is it? It's, God I think, take this from I me. think it's so hard because he's so ingrained into. He's been so ingrained in black culture for a long time. Like, and it was the run at the end. Ah, yeah, can't you fly. know. <laughs> like, I don't so know why. I literally like, had this conversation with one of my friends, and she was like, you know. Step in the name of love, like you play that at like every Chicago family wedding. What the heck am I supposed to do now? And I was like, Happy people was always happy, right? People. And I'm like, Girl, like, like I don't know what to tell you, but she said maybe because someone could like you know do a cover, cover or not, it's still R. Kelly's song. Like I said, this if we cancel everything in the black community that is problematic, we will be left with lift every voice and sing in a shoelace. So it's just like, <laughs> there's nothing. And the shoelace. <laughs> like, and even that might be a problem. <laughs> we'll be left with nothing. So it's like, yes, cancel R. Kelly, but let's be quite honest. If we cancel all of R. Kelly's music, there's that's no another way. thing. He has more songwriting credit than he does actually singing. Mm-hmm. We lose everything. So I'm just like, I don't want to hear his voice, but... So you believe we could separate the like the person from his art? We could we could separate R. Kelly from his art. I to a certain extent, like I can't separate R. Kelly's voice. Yeah. From this is the same voice that is telling. Let me put the, the key in the ignition is going to a, into a Fisher Price car, like not into a Honda Accord. That's the problem. <laughs> like that's what I can't separate. I'm sorry. Did you just say Fisher Price? <laughs> yes, you know, like the little toy. I key. know what you're talking about. Right. That's but... what I'm like, <laughs> and that's the problem that I have. But at the same time, am I going to stop listening to Fortunate by Maxwell? No. Fortunate. Right. It's just a bop, and it's Wait, a. R. Kelly wrote that. He wrote Fortunate. Jesus. See, that's oh. what I'm just like. Every every 
day I learn a new song that that man wrote, and it's like at this point I need a Wikipedia page. Just, okay, just list everything. It out. Just Every, it's probably on R. Kelly's page. No, I can't. I mean, I'm not gonna search. I'm gonna look. Okay, I was like, you know, it has to be. Usually they have all the credits on there. But yeah, even outside of that, looking at um, what if what if we took like all of R. Kelly's royalties away, even from his own music? I mean, but that's the thing. He's in a giant. No, that's another thing we're not talking about. He's still quote unquote is kind of wealthy but the amount of well he isn't locked in a because he it's not that he's illiterate as we saw in the documentary he, it's just his reading level is so rudimentary it's so low that it doesn't really do him any favors he signed a lot of contracts so his royalties are actually the property of his of i think he was with jive records before they dropped him or whatever this situation was mm-hmm. and he's in a locked in a badass lawsuit so if he wins he's richer than god but if he loses, figure it out, sis. He ain't got nothing. Right. And so I, if he loses, can we then move forward with R. Kelly songs that he has written? Would that? Would you feel better with that? No, because again, I don't want. Mind you, I'm just asking. This isn't like no, how I, I feel. Think, this is my. I don't think at all. This is me I, just querying. Where do you stand? And and see, here's the thing. There's people that our case in point with the whole Bill Cosby situation. It was like I am never again supporting Heathcliff. And my thing is this. I can watch the Cosby show and, and Kiki and you know, the right night time. Like I'm not going to stop watching a piece of the action or let's do it again or uptown Saturday night. Like I, I can separate that from the, the situation just because I guess I look at the ensemble and maybe it's also because of that. Like it's an ensemble cast. Like, Everyone on the Cosby show was fucking talented yeah, as fuck. It's not you just know, Bill it's not just Bill Cosby. I'm never gonna stop watching a different world. That's my. Ish. You can just go to hell. Like, I actually bought the set, like I just bought on Amazon. So here's the, the thing. Set. I'm so pissed because it was on. It, I didn't think it was a good fit on Netflix. It should have been on Hulu, and it was playing. Okay, on serious Hulu. question. We're going like so off topic. Serious no, question. It's fine. Like We're people watch Hulu. I love I, Hulu. I I like. I do Netflix and I watch my shows on YouTube. One of TV. the best shows on TV or not TV. I'm starting to think of Hulu as TV. Yeah. One of the best shows that I am standing for, bitch. I have the countdown ready for Killing Eve. That Sandra mm-hmm. O. Oh, that show is fucking. I haven't. I don't know. Like I, maybe because like Hulu was never my prime platform of choice. I just never got into it. And I've never gotten into Amazon Prime. And I think. Wait, like shopping or videos? Oh no, shop! I I, I definitely have the Prime shopping. I was I'm like, talking about girl, the you content. Are bugging no. now, no Prime, <laughs> Prime content. No, I use Amazon Prime videos through like because they, they I pay for my HBO and Showtime through there. So like I watch my Game of Thrones on Amazon. I watch my Secure on Amazon. Like all that's through Amazon. But other than that, bump their content. But I think with Hulu, it was like the only reason why people initially went on Hulu was to see the shows that were on TV, right? Right. So I think. Me having which was the Okio, and that's how they got your ass. Yeah, yeah, but I think so. Me having DVR, like you know, recording my shows, I never had a need for Hulu. Like I literally, I think paid my Hulu account for my mom because she didn't have cable. Like she just stopped paying for cable. She didn't have a kid in her house no more. So it was like I never went on Hulu to even explore this other content. But I stay on Netflix because they have like my classics. You know, then they started doing Netflix originals, and it was like whatever. So whenever I hear people talk about Hulu, I'm like, oh yeah, I really watch that. Like I have maybe I'm the weird person. I mean, I have cable tech technically because of my cousin because she has cable. 
Um, but even myself, like I'm just now about to get it. I haven't had a TV in three years because I watch everything on like tablet or on my phone. I'm also a very big person of like a TV should not be in your bedroom. Your TV should be for sleeping and not sleeping activities. Ha ha. So that's why I'm just like, I don't shut up. I'm grown and I pay my taxes. I feel that. Uh, But no, that's why I'm just like. I only care for Hulu and Netflix. And now that they have those add-ons, for I can customize what I want to see anyway. And then yeah. I can find the link to, to watch yeah. other TV shows, like Mr. World Premiere or whatever. Like, I do not need cable. Everything I, I want to see I mean, is, I, I don't find. have cable anymore either. Actually, now I have YouTube TV, which is actually a really dope platform for 40 freaking dollars. Does it have everything you want to see? It, it has, So it has a lot of channels. It has all the channels I care about, and they have sports packages and things like that. But you also have DVR. But I think my favorite feature is like, oh, you know, this is what you re- can record that's coming up. But you don't have to, like, go through the guide. Like, to it'll see. be, like, based off of, like, oh, do you want to see this movie based off other stuff that you've watched? You know, record record this. It'll be in your library in, like, two days. And then what happens is it's on your phone, like it'll download the content to your phone. And when even when you're on airplane mode, you're in another country, you have all your recordings. Something I don't like about like Netflix is it's if you go to a different country, that annoys you the can't watch your, shit even if out even of if me. you download it, you have maybe like a day to watch all the. Sh- I don't. I can curse. I forgot. Yeah. You can. You have a day to watch all the shit that you downloaded because you're in another country, and in that country, that show isn't there. Like I went to Canada, and I was trying to watch Charmed, and um, Charmed was not on there. Girl, I was mad as shit because I was trying to finish Downton Abbey, and I had to go all the way to France to get season four. I'm like, well, bitch, why isn't it on the American version? Because even on my cousin, like on the cable, it's mm-hmm. like three ninety nine an episode. I'm like, a whole season of Downton Abbey will run you like. Forty fucking dollars. Listen. I can't add that on because I'm not paying that. Listen, okay, but okay, back new topic. No, no, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I think as we're staying on like TV and infamy, the whole Monique Steve Harvey situation. I, I have always been. You in- about to talk about something I know nothing about. Like I know there was a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I just I went to go get, into it. Didn't care enough to to go into it. Yeah. Um, I think Monique is. An, an excellent example of how standing in your truth and standing in your integrity, um, not only will it offend whiteness, but I think it also will offend those, you know, and be a horrible, um, no one wants things, throw, what's it when you throw something in your face? It's like, it's a horrible reminder for those who did at times, like compromised mm-hmm. to, to cross over to get to mainstream success. And the fact that she didn't play that game. This is what happened. Backstory, Monique went on Steve Harvey's show and Steve Harvey tried to like preachery mansplain read her in the sense of how, you know, I want to see you win. I don't want you blackballed. No, it's amazing to me how no one is even commenting. The most offensive thing he said wasn't even to Monique or about Monique. He made a statement of like, I have too many people riding on me. You can't help poor black people. (gasps) Until you were like, this is why everybody's calling him a, a sellout. I mean, people been saying that, but I'm just no, but like, like it's like been blown up on Twitter lately. So, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. But to like, really see that mentality, I'm like, Steve Harvey to me is no different than Clarence Thomas. He's no different than Bob Johnson and all these other, you know, first Negro on my block mentality. Mm-hmm. He, it, yep. right, who isn't necessarily looking at pulling up those behind. And the thing I literally today just got through watching the documentary um The Two Killings of Sam Cooke. If you girl, go home, watch it. It is 
fucking phenomenal. It makes me look at Sam Cooke in a completely different way. Um, and what a lot of the African-American historians were on there were, you know, drawing those points or connecting those dots. Sam Cooke went from being just like that cute, sexy, you know, black heartthrob, mm -hmm. a big piece of why they were explaining why there could have been a conspiracy to kill him was because he was doing too much talking about unifying black singers and getting songwriting and publishing and controlling your own royalties. Yeah. It's, it's no different. I said, and it made me actually take a step back because I talk all the time about e equity. I always say it. I don't give a fuck about black equality. Like, equality does not get us that Anywhere. might get us to the table but that doesn't get us to have the same type of money talk i'm about equity but watching that documentary it made me sit back and for the first time i realized like i saw the connection between monique and you know the equity that i speak on and the platform Ec me having conversations about this and like that can ruin me and i didn't think about it like that before it's like that can put a target on my back. That can make me look like a pariah. It can make, you know, other people around me like being like, girl, you got a good ass job. Why would you want to keep talking about this? You on jeopardize this? Like, that's a lot to consider. And I, I can understand why so many like, they're like, nah, bitch, I'm just going to keep my head down. And this is the game. And even when I think about it, different jobs that I've had, I've heard a lot of people make the statement of like, well, girl, we're in D&I. We're working for cultural inclusion. Like, you know, this is the game. You know how this is how they are. And I'm like, but that's, I've always been like, but that, that shit ain't cool and it's not acceptable, you know? But if you jump up against the system too much, you very well can, you know, have the reaction or, you know, on the back end. I didn't even realize the FBI, because Sam Cooke was hanging out with um, Malcolm X mm -hmm. and Muhammad Ali, he started hanging out with Cassius Clay and then Muhammad, when he beat, I think it was Joe Frazier in that heavyweight fight, he changed his name. But the thing about that is, like, the FBI didn't even realize this in the documents, but they were just like, oh, this very popular um, vocalist has been seen around him. They were talking about Sam Cooke. So just oh. like they were looking, they were running surveillance on Malcolm mm -hmm. and Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali because Sam Cooke was associating with all of them. They were running surveillance on him, too. And then on top of it, they were saying in the doc, like, that was the beginning of, like, truly for black people getting a glimpse of what black empowerment could truly look like. Because you have Muhammad Ali that was representing that um, in the sports, and you also had Jim Brown. Those two were representing that in the sports area. They had already crossed over into quote-unquote mainstream success, which translation equals white famous. Yep. Um, Sam Cooke was white famous on the music tip, but here he is trying to mobilize black uh, uh, singers to not just want to sing and dance in the front lines, but then also to like want to own back. their shit on yeah. the back end. And then you also had Malcolm X, who was like this huge political religious leader. Edgar or Hoover, all, no, not, yeah, J. Edgar Hoover was always like the worst thing in this country is to get black people to be unified. He was like, it will destroy everything. And so when I look at that mentality, or of what that takes. And you see some shit like Monique. So then I just want to know what else did he say to her? That like He told her basically like, I'm not, he, first off, he wouldn't let her get an edge, a word in edgewise. Which if you see Monique, that's hard to do. Because Monique can talk. Mm -hmm. Her her talk show on BET was actually good as fuck. I loved her talk show. It was funny. She was, had us cracking up. Um, But the thing is, he told her like, 
you know, for your integrity, he was like, I don't want you to lose it all. I love you. He was like, and you know, you have to make better decisions in terms of like yourself and like your family. And here's the thing. I went on good old Wikipedia. I'm like, he was talking to Monique like she a broke bitch. Monique got a net worth of 13 million. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's poor in his world. Mm -hmm. But you give me 13 million. I live in my best life. And I'm going to work for fun. Like, it's not. Right. I might be like, I'll see y'all on like every Friday. But I'm a consultant now. But that's the thing, like, she's not broke. And I think also another thing that people forget when they look at Monique, how did Monique get famous? I don't know. I remember the Parkers. That's like my, that's right. my earliest, that's my exactly. earliest memory of Monique. But think about it. Okay, so case in point, who, the Parkers, who do they, who would be the audience base that gave a fuck about the Parkers? Black people. Right, but not only just black people, ghetto black people, which is an aspect of our community. Because see, the Parkers are different from... Um, the cuck, the Huxtables. Valid. Valid right. point. Two, these are two different. The the Parkers are, you know, the Proud family. Not even the Proud family. The Parkers are Diagenet's family. Like, Diagenet? I said Diagenet. I was like, who is Diagenet? You know what? Not even trying to be funny. I went to high school with a Diagenet. What's what, up, girl? I hope hey. you're listening. <laughs> that's what popped in my head. Shout out. <laughs> right. Diagenet. Um, and that's what I'm saying. The Parkers are tied into ghetto America and tied yeah. into ghetto. And then, so if you think about and me with my marketing background, Monique was never necessarily given a fuck about the crossover mainstream because that was never her audience base. When she did that famous stand-up, that was hilarious. And she was the first black like female comedian at this, um, and it's actually on Netflix, but she was there like at a prison. And I think it like the name of it was like, I could have been, I could have been y'all cellmate. I think mm -hmm. that shit was funny as fuck. But it really made me sit back and be like, you all are upset at her because you all think she scoffed at this opportunity to be accepted by white. Oh, she didn't play the game. And first off, she still won the award. So if y'all were upset, I'm like, is she not an Academy Award winning actress? And then secondly, I'm like, she did it on her own terms and then told y'all, y'all can kiss my ass until you start treating me on the same level. I don't mind... If y'all don't like me, I still have my residency in Vegas. I still am funny as fuck. And I'm still wealthy. This always, to me, ties back to fame. None of these people, if they throw up a middle finger to mainstream, quote unquote, America, is going to go broke. They can't take the money you've already made. That's valid. I mean, this is just one of those situations where... I feel like Monique has been fighting for a long time. And I feel like the, the Netflix special, what I think I was half and half of the Netflix special. I think what she was doing was totally correct. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like in the back of my mind, I always knew you're not going to win this only because the audience that is now watching Netflix is not fighting for you. We're not off. Even, even if all the black people that watch Netflix were on your side, there is still a whole other audience that does watch Netflix. That's going to be like, first of all, who are you? Like I, you said, I remember making my status or I made a status. I was like, Auntie Monique forgot that like she don't realize that the fan base that is watching Netflix is not. I'm not giving up my Netflix account not, to, for this. I'm, Sorry. I'm, yeah. I, it's just like you're not like I, I believe in everything you're doing. But at the end of the day, like this is a battle. This is like a, a downhill battle. Like, sis, we're, you're not going to make it. Like, and she's OK with that. And I think and she should. And, and she a says good thing. that all the time. So she, it's like for I think Steve should have been I, more supportive. Like, I totally agree. Like, you are. Now that I know, I understand these sellout tweets because that's exactly what it is. Like, don't tell me 
to kiss the white man's ass. Like, we already have to do that enough as a country just to be alive. Just just to breathe. First off, after personally having to deal with his raggedy ass and his team. Because I worked at... When his show started, it started at the old TV station that I worked at. And let me just say. You know, it's a no. It was... It's been a no for me. There were so many... I was just I don't give a fuck about you this detachable 1970 porn mustache you rolling around here with. We all know that you was putting Beijing in your hair for the Steve Hartman show. I don't care. Like, it, I, just on a personal level, he got on my nerve. Bloop. That's, that's all I can say. Like, and that's why you took your raggedy ass to LA and couldn't Woo! book no guests because I'm like, it, he always had this mentality of like, I'm, this is local shit. It, it was on to me, like in Chicago, as I say this all the time, we have an illogical love of this city. So I'm like, you ain't going to sun me. Where I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck you from. Like, yeah. I don't is, know. Where is he? I think he's from Ohio. And I'm like, first off, You're sis. from Ohio. <laughs> like, let's not. Chill out. Chill out. When your state has fucked up more elections than I can even ca- care to count. Like, how, how about you worry about your shit, sir? But, and I think, so this is kind of terrible. I don't know Steve Harvey's upbringing. I don't know... Where he grew up, if you grew up in a bad neighborhood, a good neighborhood, I don't he give He grew up dirt poor. I don't give a fuck about Steve Harvey enough to care. That's really the truth. Like, I've never been like, oh my God, I love Steve Harvey. I've never been against him, but I've never been like up his ass either. But I think that that does allude also to the population of black people who have grown up constantly not around their community and always feeling like to fit in, they have to play the game. Like they don't know it's the game. They don't call it that. Right. It's like, Oh, this is how you have to act. This is how you make it. And it's kind of like, this is you. It's what you become. And why? Like, why aren't we proud to just be 110% ourselves? Cause I feel like that's what he's, that's not what he's portraying to his people. That's not what he portrayed to Monique on that show. Like no being proud and happy to be 110%. I think actually yourself. what that what that specific clip because apparently like they were saying behind the scenes she was like i will slap the shit out of you and i was like like and that's another thing monique don't give a fuck like and that's what i love about her um i think the thing also that for me what that represented was here was another case of a black man not holding a black woman down and that for me is something especially he triggers me with this whole think like a man type mentality or the book bullshit of like, you have to carry us. I, I have, I don't have to do nothing but be black. I and have die. to carry myself, my guy. And that's it. That's it. That period. That's it. Declarative sentence that's it. onto the next one. That's it. And the thing that drives me nuts I'm about sorry, that him, just really hit a trigger. Oh, that just oh, yes. me so much. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, not only is he saying that, like, Oh, you know, telling black women or telling women how to behave, I just, it's not me trying to be rude or be disrespectful. I don't have a man. I've never been married. So clearly I can't come in here and be like, I got all the keys. I don't have them. But what I've, I'm always going to look at a little bit suspect. It's like, sis, you're on your third marriage. And what I've heard from your previous ex-wives is that you weren't that great of a nigga to your bitches. So I'm just like, I don't necessarily. Bloop. I just, <laughs> 
and yes, every side has a story. Yours, mine's, and the truth. But it's just like if they keep saying like the same thing, sis, at some something point, got something got to be true. I agree with that one hundred and ten percent. And definitely, that could also be the case with Monique. You could be a little bit difficult. It could be a thing of like, look, sis, like you, you need to relax a little bit. Just chill. We got you. But, but I, but I feel like if that is the case, and we're coming at it from a professional stance, there, then maybe that wasn't a conversation they should have had on the fucking show. Like, come. I come, think. come right, come respectful. Like, don't come at me on your live television show and think you. And that was to, another thing. Think you about to check me? Nah, and bro. I, like, I think that was another thing. She came on there to talk about her residency, and he completely sideswiped her. Oh no, nah, yeah. Talk. See, I didn't know that. We would, we would have to fight. Like, so see, what? I'd have been like, so we're gonna take a two right now because what you have me fucked up at is the fact that you think you're gonna sit here and now have some sister soldier save me moment. When nothing in my prep emails, my pre-production says, this is what we're going to talk about. In fact, these are the points that I said I was going to talk about. Uh, we, we could square up right now. Like, it's not and, that's, and that completely changes the conversation. No, that does. Damn. I just, I look at it in the sense of I'm tired of, I'm tired of the rat race to a certain extent. And I love the fact of how like we're getting away from that a little bit more. But I do, whether it's but I, Kaepernick I, but or... By, but uh, by we, like, this is, so this is something I feel is very frustrating and being, I, I feel like you hear me say this story all the time, being like from another country and mm-hmm. then being from another, from another country where my parents are, I'm not, I'm not from another country. I was born here, but my parents um, and my family and how I identify as with a different culture mm-hmm. and then being friends with people in the American culture is like puts us in a weird place. Cause when I say I I fight with my dad. Like, we argue about a lot of things when it comes to, like, not leaving the black community behind. Do you get what I'm saying? And, yeah, because I can, I can already know. And I know where he's coming from. Like, he's, he's always told me, and I, and I felt his pain. Like, I, I felt the experiences he goes through where they're like, where he's told me, like, why do you fight for the black community? They're not fighting for you. They don't think you belong. And you're right. I like I told you this before. I've been told myself that, oh, you're not black, like you you're not black or you're not black enough or you're Haitian, you don't identify with us or our problems. And I just I, I which I I see your face over here, you're like, damn, they're stupid. And it's like I understand my dad hundred and ten percent, but on the other end, it's like I have friends, I have people who are like so close to me that it's like if if even if you felt like I'm not a part of this community. Not you. I'm like that, that friend. Timestamp. <laughs> Timestamp. I do not. Even, but even if that, if I had a friend that felt that way, I'm still fighting for you. I mean, once you tell me you feel that way, you're probably not going to be friends anymore because that's just ignorant. But at the that end of no the friendship. day, there, there's so, there's so many people that I've loved and care about in the world that I've seen do great things that it's like, at the end of the day, I look like you. People, people, the point. but outside the black community, me and you, we the same. Whether I came from Africa, Haiti, uh, freaking I've the Bronx, it doesn't K- matter. I've never it seen matter. the KKK or you know racist policy makers be like, oh no, wait, no, wait, sorry, oh no, she she actually she's black and she's from the Dominican Republic. She's fine. So we're we're gonna be racist this way against her. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm, it's different. Not, it's we're different. not going with the A package. She's Haitian. We're gonna go for the C package. But uh, right, but I think and, that, and that's so frustrating. It's like me and my dad go at it, and I like I said, I try to be understand people's perspectives, but I'm just like dad, like. You cannot think like, well, I'm getting ahead. And I don't, I'm not saying like he's trying to leave people behind because I think my dad is 
one of the greatest mentors I've ever met. And not mm-hmm. for me, for other black people. But there are just certain situations where he's like, well, why am I fighting for that? Or why am I even, you know, trying to give back to these people when they son me? Ultimately, that's what he's saying. Like, I mean, I'm just like, you. The, the, people are going to disrespect you left and right. There's no, And here's the thing. There's no excuse behind it. And that's the thing where it's just like, it, it almost makes me at times sit back and go like, Am I, am I fighting a battle that will never, you know, happen? That we have been torn apart and victimized and, you know, degraded and pitted against one another. All the and time. I mean, we could, having the conversation in itself is exhausting. It's tiring. It's hurtful. It makes you feel hopeless because it's just like. How are we doing? How are we going to fix this? How, how do we fix this? Like, you know. It's the answer to Mark. Do we do the Marcus Garvey and go back to Africa? Are we the talented tip? No, maybe we need to give white people a chance and let them, you know, catch up to us. Are we going the Hattie McDaniel way? Maybe we need to say fuck this shit like Angela Davis. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to be out here and get mine like the Migos. It's just, you get to a point where you're just like, I don't know. I'm exhausted and I'm barely, I'm drowning and I'm barely making it as is. So, when I hear situations of, and I have a ton of friends that are all over the African diaspora. I actually just, my interview last week was a Haitian black man who is popping in his, you know, in the sports. Tell him and, I said, hey. Hey. Hey, Joe. Hey. Joe, like, hey. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Joe. And so the thing is, like, it's difficult. I can't, as an African-American woman. Are you ever going to be, in in theory, if they ever did give us 40 acres and a meal? No, you ain't going to get that in the sense of, like, you're not African-American. But like, I'm if like, they pay, for example, if there's reparations, I shouldn't be receiving any. Not so only that, my but line, my lineage doesn't go, I don't. But you're not going to see me in Haiti going, like, uh, France, what's popping? Like, well, now, if, if France is giving reparations, what's up? <laughs> you know? Exactly. But you what's up? You ain't going to see my ass me like, are you croissants? Like, where's my cut? Like, <laughs> how you doing? I mean, I would fight. I, I do believe that there should be reparations given for sure, but like, I don't I don't believe they should be going to me because, literally, if I trace back my lineage, I'm the first person here. Like, now I don't want to say slavery hasn't affected me because there has been slavery right. in Haiti. You know, like, but just okay, hell, and Christopher Columbus landed on Hispaniola first. Like, hello. Oh, that, if there's ever been a white man that I've just I know like, I know, but it's like run up, run up, get done. But I I do believe that I don't necessarily deserve. Reparations from America. No, and that's, that, and that's what I'm. My family does not deserve that. We sorry. That's, no, and that to me, that is well, that would be a quote unquote separation conversation that we need to be yeah. had. Just like I'm not gonna be in Sudan talking about some so, or, or rather in Congo being like, so are we asking the Belgians for our money? Like, no, I'm not. But that doesn't Congolese. mean. But that doesn't mean I don't fight for y'all. That's the frustrating thing. And that's the thing. Like, I have a lot of African friends. I was like, let me be quite clear. If I even have. My Uber driver, when I was going to fucking Ohio, my Uber driver was just like, let me be clear clear with you. The only reason why so many young Nigerians like come to, you know, to the States and everything, he's like, just because Nigeria is crooked as fuck. He was like, if we could get a, and he's like, we're starting to get a raps on that. But he was like, Nigeria is popping. Oh, he was for like, sure. Africa is popping. For he, sure. And I know that statistically all the all the fucking multimillionaires are coming out of there. Like, they're, they're, this is not mud huts and, and shea butter. Like, stop. But that's the, what they want people to believe, which is the frustrating part. And it's it is definitely marketing. All if the if makes me so mad. I can't even talk straight. If Africa hit the Wakanda button and put the dome over everything, Listen. this world falls the fuck apart. You can't get oil. You can't get rubber. You can't get sugar, diamonds, 
everything that is running this society, it literally would be 1986 in this bitch. Like, and I would just, I would literally just be in church with a prayer call. Like, Jesus, just, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> whatever you gotta do. Whatever, it, I'm done. But that's the thing, like, the conversation, we're two professional black women, you know, in the workplace. It, it is a space of, like, why is there only just us, you know? And oh, we're, doing, we're going into this? No, no, we're not. <laughs> we can. We can do this. No, no, I'm just saying, like, it, you know, it's, it affects us in so many ways. And that's why I am so disgusted when I see black men. The, you the one motherfucker that's supposed to have my back. The one. The one and it's like and you don't or it's like you pull the steve harvey mentality or it's it's the tree daddy man black bitches y'all gotta get y'all shit together these latin bitches taking over y'all what like it's <sighs> Woo we're not gonna talk about fucking... tree daddy either but let me tell you something yeah. tree daddy looks like he got on pancake 45 <laughs> like he looked like he called up little richard and was like so what coverage do you use like stop it <laughs> And I don't care. He is, he's beyond uh, but, uh, problematic. I think, I think that the, I think an issue, I'm not saying True Daddy also is right, but I think a lot of the issues that come from shit like that is like, you know, black women are not advertised as being beautiful, which is, which is crazy to me as someone who has taken a psychology class, and I'm sure a lot of people have, I you, know. there, there's a theory, I can't remember the theory, someone listening probably knows exactly what I'm talking about, where usually what you're attracted to, like as the opposite sex, is whatever your Mother or father, like whatever. So for me, it'd be whatever my dad looked like. Yeah, or which for, cr- I'm like, what? But I know no, it sounds, I sounds it. weird, but or like for you know a guy, it'd be what your mom looks like. So it's so disheartening when it's like, well, how, how does this black man grow up? I mean, there are people who don't have their parents. I'm not taking that away from anybody, but there are black men who grow up in beautiful homes, and it's like you don't find black women attractive. When that's what, that's what you came out of. That's what carried you for 10 months, according to my mom. She's a nurse. She's in the medical field. If somebody tries to correct me, I mean, you can it, call it, Margaret. It's closer, it is it's closer, closer to, to 10, 10 months than nine. than 9. For some people, they do reach 10 months. God bless you. But the point is, like, for, for, if I was to push out a son, and that boy is running around being like, oh, black women are ugly, but I will slap the living daylight out of that little boy. To quote Hear me quote, right now. Right I now, brought you into this world. And I I'll will take, take you, you right out. out. And I know we shouldn't say that as black people. I will like I, to but me. The, you know the crazy thing is, I still believe my mom to this day when she says it. Okay. That's the one thing that would make me go. I failed as a mother, like as a black mother, because I'm like, well, one thing I'm supposed to instill in my son is like the ultimate black pride. And I know, like, we live in. I I would love for there to be inclusivity and for that not to matter, but. Let me be let me be honest. Would I be thrilled if like, oh my son brought home a white girl? I I would be like, what? But at the same time, if the reason that he is bringing her home is because he thinks it's elevating him in a, as a class status or oh, no, elevating that's not, that's not okay. him. Yeah, no, that's not okay. Now we got a motherfucking problem. If you're bringing her home cuz you genuinely like her, that's totally fine. And if you fe- and if you Agreed. fell in love with this white girl, I am not about to sit here. I'm definitely going to be like, you know, this is going to be a lot of explaining and things that you yeah. have to deal and the uphill battle. And but if, no, you fight, if you fighting for it, I'm fighting for it. Exactly. Kid, and I, I rock with, with you. Now, if you were doing this because you are trying to be, think this is going to make you better, I have failed you as a parent. And this is definitely not okay. So that's the difference. And that, even when we think about the Michael B. Jordan debate, you know, that's the problem. <laughs> He's too fine for this stuff. Girl, I'm over his ass. I'm so but over I, I mean, Michael I, Bakari. I do... <sighs> I'm Once over again, Bakari. 
I don't know celebrities. The way it's been posted is, yeah, you know, you don't be around a lot of us unless you on the set of Black Panther. Awkward. But it's like, you know, you just want, you don't want to believe the hype. You don't want to believe the bad thing. Like, you want to believe people are these images that you have of them. So, like, damn. If Michael B. Jordan, like, marries a black woman, I'll be the one in the back. Like, I knew the whole time. I knew they were tripping. But it's hard. It's hard out here. It's hard. I mean... Mm-hmm. No, he's so he's too fine. Negro spirituals, he right here. All I, right, next topic. <laughs> like I didn't come here to talk about him. Okay, um, no, no. Yeah. Um, last thing that I just actually, I do. Girl, Instagram. To, yeah, it is Instagram based. No, actually, I don't. At first, I was gonna bring up the whole G Herbo. You, I tell I don't know nothing about him. And honestly, I don't care. I'll, about I'll explain Monique and Steve Harvey. I don't give a fuck about these kids. Like, All I saw was you got herpes, you don't got herpes. And I said, do I want to keep investigating, get the whole story, or do I have something better to do with my day? I went with I have something better to do with my day. And like, yeah. I saw it. I definitely looked at it. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Love, don't enjoy. Because it's just like, it's it to me. If anything, it just re- represents like yes, I see the power of the bullshit. Of- but I think half I think half that shit is publicity. Like I I think half that shit that be happening that be posted on the shade room where this person's beefing with that person. I think people are getting paid for that shit. I think people make up those storylines, and I think it is just a way for people to stay relevant. Like it's drama, it's stupid, and it's not making anybody look good in the situation. But I think it is just a way for people to stay relevant. It definitely is, which is why it's just like, it's so dangerous when you see things like this happen. Cause I'm like, you willing to do all of this just so you can feel like you still popping? Like I still have to convince myself at times that I'm like, yes, I'm moving toward a more public platform. My ass likes being low to the motherfucking key. I I like being left alone. I mean, we'll have a talk about that because (sighs) I mean, I thought about like starting a brand, like a bitch has to take pictures. A bitch has to wear makeup more than she does. Mind you, I just learned how to contour like a month ago. Oh Stop my god! Playing. Shout out to Emily Amuna. Like my girl hooked me up. She really put it down because like I had to re up all my make my makeup from Mac, and I was like, mm, let me just step out here and off this cliff. And she finally got me into contouring. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, I see why I need this. I see. I did, yeah, same. But it's like before a girl just put on foundation, highlight, and call it a day. I don't do my brows. You can't not do your brows, Jesus. Um, but now, you know, I'll be getting my eyelashes done. I'll be out here. But it's like, I don't wear makeup every day. And now it's like, it did. And if you got to post content every day, your content has to be good, which means you have to look good, which means you got to put on makeup. And I'm scared that I, I buy makeup like once every six months. Now it's about to be like, you can keep, we'll talk about that. I think the thing is. We think about all the extra things. Like, I'm very honest with the fact of, like, and I think also that's what helped me in my platform is the fact that I told motherfuckers from Jump Street, if you are looking for me to be fake positive and to, oh, no, no, that's or, or to come with a beat face, I'm like, yes, you're going to see my pictures look one way. When I do my stories, a bitch going to be dressed however I'm dressed for the day. Like, that's valid. Stories? Yes. That's totally valid. Because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all and be like, I just did this today. No, I did this a week ago. I threw it up here, or I saved pictures that I made Jasmine take of me and, I feel that because I do. I don't want to give the perception that you always have to be perfect because I'm not always perfect. And that's ugly. And that's the thing. (laughs) You are not. (laughs) But it's just like, but it's just a matter of like, I don't feel all the time like sitting here stunting and playing these, you know, these games with people's emotions. Because then it's like they meet you and they're like, bitch, you're not wearing this, or you're not where you say you was, or 
why is your time stamp? Or, you know, like, people will yeah. poke holes. And it's just, you know, it's easier than lying, telling the truth. But I feel like you also have too much of a life if you're poking holes in somebody's picture. You have too much time on your hands. I think true, but I think also it's it's something to consider based on the fact that a lot of people look at themselves and this is the problem I think is wrong. A lot of people look at themselves in terms of where they are right now. I'm looking at Joy, and Joy has questions in terms of when I am completely successful in my bag, have a fully well-functioning machine of a brand. Right now, I'm still in investment stage. You're still in investment stage. I think Girl, it's just I, I am on getting started stage. But I am. We just got here. Ain't no what trying do if you're doing do? it. You're doing it better what than do I do. Am I doing it? And that's like... and that's the learning part of it. But it's just like I think. You need to look at, I'm always looking at myself in terms of the woman that I want to chase. And when you look at yourself in that perspective, it makes you consider things that it's just like, huh, let me be more truthful about this because I'm like, I want to be able to have a honest answer when someone comes to me, which I know is going to happen. And that's valid. I think that you just, it's just so easy to get discouraged because you have to be patient with it. You have to like really believe in what you're doing i mean and let let that is it for so according to ig we're gonna jump into the real well i do not know what you all will be drinking come cupping season 2019 that is currently upon us but for those long lonely winter nights where he lied and said he was coming over and he did not make sure that you have cavassier vsop to ease the pain it kept us posted in the summertime and it'll definitely be here for the winter time with that smooth velvety taste that we all love so make sure whatever you are drinking that it is cavassier vsop and now back to joy has questions okay. so <laughs> like i said i have my babe no way she codes here and um we clearly have been talking about this already but first and foremost like you are a super you know talented ridiculously smart you're an engineer and please don't hype me up I mean, it's not even hype. It's fucking facts. Like, I guess. You're, I'm, just, I'm just like you said, low key. Like, I just, no, I'm cool. I'm a regular person. No, we. I mean, yes, you're a regular person, but I think that's another thing. It's not about humble bragging. I am always a big proponent, and now I've become a big pro- I used to do the exact same shit. It's your gift. God put this in you for a reason, and even if you're still trying to figure out that your destiny, I think that's the beauty of the journey, right? It's the fact of like, God gives you your destiny. He gives you your genesis qua, and then he also will put you in situations where it's like, are you going to rise to the occasion so that you can be closer to this destiny I've instilled in you, or are you not? I just want to say everything you're saying right now is really preaching and hitting a personal note right now. <laughs> I No, 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 don't apologize. Like, I've been going through it this weekend, like, not feeling good enough or feeling like I'm trapped, and, and not necessarily just with my brand, just certain things in life in general. And you right. just, thank you, bitch. Thank you. That's why I'm here. Well, that's, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I got it. I think, and that's the thing. So it's like when it comes to what you, what I just said, I mean that shit, Gabby. Like, no, you are dope as fuck. I, I don't see any other black engineers in the office. And I'm not saying that like on no shade shit or like, oh, uh, see, they're not doing what they're supposed It's just, that is the society. That's the time frame that we're in. That's not something that is pushed upon us in our community. And that's the thing. Like when we have these conversations about the gap within STEM, we're not talking about something that can be fixed in a year. Like, how long did it take you to complete your program? Well, let's see. I went to college pre-dental. Uh, <laughs> so that took us some time away. I would say about two and a half years when I really, like, got into my ish. So two and a half years for you to get into it. Um, 
I don't know if you had training beforehand and you're like second or, or like in high school to even get you. So you didn't so even. You, you want to talk about how I got in the coding? Exactly. That's, Let's that's, just that's go into story. this. That's the story. That's the whole point. So um, how did you trip into this? So first, I just want to say that I feel like I've always been around computers and have <laughs> always been interested in how they work and what makes them tink. But, you know, I, I just like growing up, I didn't have anybody to tell me this is what engineering is, this is what coding is, this is what you do, especially coming as an immigrant, you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer, right? And so my mom's a nurse, um, uh, her brothers and sisters, one's a dentist, one's also a nurse. <laughs> the other one is, actually, I don't know what my Uncle Pierre does. He does something in business, something with numbers, you know, and I grew up a lot with my grandmother. She's I'm not taking anything away from my mom, but my grandmother raised me as well because my mom had me young. And, um, you know, my grandma's always like, you know, you want to be a doctor. We always stayed in hospitals because she, she had cancer four times, so always in hospitals a lot, but she'd always like, this is what you want to do. So I went thinking this is what I want to do. And the only person I knew that did computers was my dad, but he never, like, shared anything with me about what he did. I just know my dad was always on a computer. He did something with computers. That's it. He took me to work, and one day I was like, your job is really boring because nothing's happening outside of the computer, you know? And so I always thought that's not what I wanted to do. So my first experience with code is about to bring all y'all back. It's MySpace. <laughs> and I think, no, honestly, like, kudos to MySpace because MySpace really was ahead of its time in the fact that if MySpace was something that was created today, that'd actually be a really great tool for STEM education because we were all coding. We just didn't know what the hell we were doing. Right. You know, like, especially when it came to, like, oh, now they have these other websites where they're like, oh, copy and paste this code into this place, and it'll change, it'll personalize your website. So now nobody can see your friends, or nobody can do this, and nobody can do that. Like, MySpace was web development. That's exactly what we were doing. So it came, that's, that's where it came. But I took it to the next level because, you know, you had to have the best profile. So I was all <laughs> about hiding my friends. I was all about, um, you can't see what song is playing. Like, this is some exclusive shit. You come to Gabby's page, <laughs> some exclusive shit, okay? I was all about, like, flipping the platform. So, like, where certain boxes were, you know, like, on the regular layout, my shit looked different. Making them mini, have people had, like, the mini uh, profiles. I did all that shit. How the shit in the background is floating up, up and down. Like I did not play. If you come, this is an experience. And I think that came from that. Actually, came from a lack of confidence because I always felt like as a person, I didn't know who I was or who I wanted to be. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I was cool or pretty. But like, if you don't come to my MySpace, it's gonna be the shit. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> what I did was I one day I found this button. If you right click on any web page, which you could do it now, um, it would say inspect source. Right, and if you inspect the source, you see all the code on any web page. Now, not all the code because people there are security measures, but you can most likely see just the basic HTML of a page. And I was like, well, this like read. I just read through it. What curious thing happened in my mind? I don't know, but I read through it and I understood exactly what it was saying. I was like, oh, this is the about me section that they tell us to fill out, right. and this is where I would fill it out if I didn't, if I'm not using like the fill in the blank area, right? So I really would just start playing around with that and seeing how it affected my page. And it, like, blew my mind. But I didn't know that was a skill. 
I was like, oh, this is my space, you know? And my friends would be like, oh, well, how did you, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you add this other font? Or how did you do this? Because it wouldn't be in my, like, section. Like, when you go to edit your profile and it has a little fill in the blanks, that's where everybody put their custom code. Mine wouldn't be there. Mine is in, like, the back end right. stuff that you can't see. When, it's not really back end, but whatever. Um, mine is, like, in the code that nobody else sees. So, yeah, I would just do funky stuff. But I didn't, it didn't click how, like, easy that was. And growing up, my mom was like, you need to do computers. You need to do computers, you need computers. I had one aunt who was like, you're going to MIT. And I was like, y'all, like... No, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I was like, I don't even want to do this. Like, I'm not as good as you think I am. Like, I just tinker, whatever, you know. If a computer broke, Gabby can fix it. I don't... And I can't even tell you what I did. It just... I, it was just really intuitive. So I was pre-dental when I actually got to college. Um, I thought I was going to be a maxillofacial surgeon. Ooh, let me tell you, that's a lot of words. That's a nice way of saying what? Uh, <laughs> those are the surgeons that fix children's cleft palates and cleft lips. Oh, so that's really what I, I wanted to do. That I, I think because I see got, y'all, she fine and she got a good heart. Stop. So I, I got braces and I was just really into teeth. Like, how does this work? And now that I think about it, it's really just the engineer mindset. Like, how, Bitch, you want, I'm about to find out. You, you want, oh, sorry. You just want to know how things work and how things tinker. So my thought process is like, I want to know how this works. This must be what I want to do lies i got to chemistry and i was like oh in order to get to dental school and to be oral surgeon you have to do a dmd so it's like part dental part medical school because you're a surgeon oh my girl God. i was not gonna be i mapped it out i wouldn't be done with school till i was 30 so listen okay <laughs> so i just do i was like, i'm passionate about this, this is what i want to do i get to the end of sophomore year and i'm like pulling c's in college like i because i just didn't care i didn't like it it wasn't what i wanted to do so I was like, you, girl, you got to get your life together. Boost your GPA. I just need to boost my GPA. Like, I want to do dental, but I need to boost my GPA. So there was, like, a coding class, and I was like, oh, I think this is, like, my space. Let me take it. So I'm just taking this to boost my GPA. That's it, right? <laughs> and it, was not, it wasn't web dev at all. It's actually computer science. Like, you're really learning how to code, like, real software. You know, but not, now we didn't make real software. But you're learning how to code, pretty much, right? And I remember we had the worst teacher. If you went to Florida State University and you were <laughs> in the, the call out, <laughs> listen. If you were in the left go, corridor, go, the go, one by the magnolia listen, tree, listen, listen, <laughs> go Seminoles. <laughs> um, and you were in the computer science program, and you were in the first class, programming one. She's no longer a teacher there. I can't. God damn, get what? I just a social security number. I, I, I don't remember her name. I don't remember her name. I know she doesn't teach there anymore. And she had a husband that was also in the teaching facility. <laughs> but whatever. She like didn't teach. Like, and everybody would tell you if you're in this class, you have to teach yourself, right? So that's like the first weed out class of computer science because you can't get to programming two or program anything if you don't get past programming one. So I made it through that class by myself, by my damn self, right? Like a black one. What's up? And then the next class was also like a lot of classes in the beginning of uh, computer science are like to weed out the people who aren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. And I did the second class, but I just wasn't dedicated enough. And I was going through a really bad breakup. Girls don't let boys ruin your education. Anyway, so that's an episode. Okay. So I dropped the class and I felt really discouraged, but then I took it again the following semester. And I, the, one of the best words were, I didn't even think the teacher remembered me or like I was anybody significant. And we had like our third project and I turned it in and he handed it back and he said, you've really stepped it up this semester. Like, this is really for you. Like you really turned your shit around. And I was like, well, thank you, Mr. Myers, you know who I am. (laughs) He's probably probably like, what? 
he's not gonna hear this but whatever and so and i think from there that's what really got me pumped but then you eventually get to a point where you're the only black girl in uh your program and so that's a whole other story for another time but dun, dun, dun. yeah that's kind of how i got into it that was my he was he was like my push to be like okay this is really what i'm gonna do right and drop that de- scrap dental completely like this is not for you bitch i think that also is an amazing an aspect of that that what you didn't even speak on it's like sometimes you can be pushing for something so hard because in the end game, you want to be successful, but you're not accepting that. Not everything you lose is a loss. Girl, and I think that? that's something that like, you can be fighting so hard for what you think your success is supposed to look like that you can be fighting against what your success actually looks like. Be, yep. You know, and it, it is very, I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn. Like sometimes when you have to knock your head up against that wall and have that, that failure moment of like, this shit is not working. Let me take a step back and recenter. And something that you thought was a fuck off class, you're just like, uh, fine, I just need something. Actually wound up being where you needed to be the whole time. You wouldn't have known that, though, if you wouldn't have been like, well, I'm going to keep trying this way. Because Jesus, the Lord knows. Yeah. Your girl girl will be a seventh year at Florida State University (laughs) trying to get into dental school, okay? Yeah, you the unofficial mascot. Listen, (laughs) okay. Um, Shoot, by then my mom would have been like, come home, we're putting you in community college. You right. Not even that. That's when your parents start start having a conversation and like, you need to go into the workforce. Have you thought about the army? (laughs) My mom probably would have put me in nursing school at that point. Right. It's only only a year, two years, we get you right. Right. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll tutor you. Like, what you want? (laughs) Like, this is not working and you're bringing the family. Okay, (laughs) listen. But no, so even pulling from that then, like, you fell into your groove, um, we are going to touch on that a little bit. So being a black woman and then on top of it, it's like when you even think about the stereotype of STEM, we already know I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking Asian community. I'm thinking, you know, nerdy white men. I'm thinking not black women. So it's like representing yourself as, you know, a, a Haitian, you know, or a woman of color in this field. What is it, you know, that helps you not necessarily... And then the type of job, it definitely seems demanding as fuck. Like, it's not something I think that you can just be like, "Mm, I'll come back to this when I feel like it. So how is it that you are able to settle your mind and yourself to, like, continue to be successful? But I know you see it. Like, it's like, huh, it's me today. That's a tough question. So I will say, I think in college it was hard. And I think that something I've really done in life is and this is really I think it's actually sad I've done in life is I have I have segregated myself away from people who don't look like me because I've had so many bad experiences and so when you are doing computer science classes you have to work with other there are group projects because in the real world you work in a group you do not work by yourself and there was too many times where I was put in situations where you're working with an all-male group and it's like you don't see me you know, or you can't do this part, or you meet up as a group, and it's like, oh, we finished it. Like, you could just do the presentation. And that has happened, you know. But the Lord, <laughs> the Lord is, I swear, that man is the most funniest person because he has your way of uplifting you, and you're just like, God, you always knew. But I think the first person ever made me feel like I'm seen or I'm talented or I could do this was just another girl in the computer science program. She's a white girl, and her name was Paige. Is it Paige? Girl, I'm pretty sure. I see her face. She had glasses. She was she was very stern to the point, though. She was really cutthroat. And she, we had a senior project, and she said, I want to do a senior project, and I want all women on this project. It didn't end up happening like that because of the ratio that we had, but it was three girls and one guy. 
And, um, you know, she, and I'm not going to lie. I don't say she was smarter than me. Like she, there are people in computer science, like who you said have been doing this since high school. You know, this is like, I just got to get my degree because it's the right thing to do, but I can do. I, you know, I can do this. This is just she, for kicks, but I can yeah, do this like without she, y'all. She was, she was brilliant. She was, like, intelligent. She was so intelligent. Um, and I think that she made me feel like, okay, someone else in this room sees me. Mm-hmm. And we had a successful project, and it was great. And she was someone who really pushed me, like, when I was like, oh, I have an interview with She was so ecstatic, right? She, um, she was like, go for it, right? Versus other people would be like, oh, well, good luck. Like, you sure? And I'll never forget when that company actually came to my school. I didn't even talk to them. You know, I was just like, oh, they're not going to hire me. They were, there was white males hiring, and there was only white males at that table. Like, what do I even have to offer? Why am I even good enough, right? And the job offer I did get that day was from, can I name the company? I don't work there. Yeah. Oh, it was from Tata Consultants. And I remember my interviewer was a black woman. And she, she like, was just so happy with, like, with me and what I knew. But it's like, I knew I got that job because you're rooting for me because you see me and you. Like, you right. want this, right? Um, versus other people. I was like, no. And it's crazy because then that big company found me on LinkedIn. And I was like, this is a scam. Right. <laughs> this is fake. Y'all are fake. Where's the Nigerian prince talking about something if you send this to me? <laughs> this <laughs> is a joke. Like, why y'all playing? Um, and, but I just remember the day where I was able to walk back in the computer science lab and I went up to her page and I was like, I got the job. I got the job at blank blank company. Now I didn't know why I was super loud. Now the computer science lab is only, but so big. Right. And, um, everybody just turned and looked at me and they were like, what? Like you got a job at such and such company. And I was like, yeah, yeah bitches. Bitch. <laughs> What's up? You clown me. You clown me. You tried me. You tried you me. You thought I only knew PowerPoint. What? So power this point, ho. Okay, ho. Like. What's up? So, and I, don't, and I think too, I don't even think many of us got hired by this company, like out of my class that year. And it was just like, that was that moment where God was like, this is your time. Mm-hmm. Laugh at these hoes. Because I got you. Have your key. Okay. You've earned, don't key too hard because I okay. want you to be yeah. humble. No, that, but have that was, this key. That was my one moment. That was right. the one moment that God gave me. And I was like, suckers. Right. And I went about my day. As you should. And so even looking then, like you're, you know, it's an amazing feeling when it's like you young, you popping, you getting it. Like, let's be real. Working in tech, it's amazing money. Like, you can't, it's, it's no hidden fact or secret. The benefits are bomb as fuck. And so even looking at yourself, though, what made you, aside from already being successful, now want to branch off into no way she codes? Because you easily could have just kept collecting your check and your bonuses and been like, thanks, sis, I'm out. I think it goes back to a few things. First thing is... I've always grown up and I've been like different than my friends. And this is like girls wise. Like I was always into video games. I watched animes with my dad. I was always a bit, it was always a nerdy side to me. And especially once I like became engineer, people like, where the hell did this come from? You know, like you sure this is the thing to do. And so there's always like this negative connotation or like this, like, oh, well, you know, they're awkward or nerdy people are weird or they're this or they're that. And I don't, want people to feel that way like we are there are i, I don't want to say cool nerds because i feel like all nerds are cool like right we could talk about video games you're like probably gonna be my best friend but 
I wanted to put out a brand where it's like you can be into pop culture, you can be into sneakers, hell, you can be into fashion, you can be in all these things that are considered cool, but still be a nerd and like comic books. And you know, it, it's frustrating me. Like I go to see these Marvel movies with my friends, so like a lot of people like want to talk about Black Panther, right? Where does he land, though, in the larger Marvel universe? That's my point. Like, people want to talk about Black Panther, but all we're talking about is, like, oh, I love how it's associated with black culture, which I love having that conversation. Like, I feel like for a lot of people, the movie empowered the black community, right? But that, that movie is more to me than that. That movie, has, like you said, has to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like how He it, married Storm. Can you? Why are we doing this? <laughs> like... I don't want to hear it. Like, he been had bad bitches. Like, stop it. Like, why are we doing this? But it's just, I mean, it's like, you know, depending on what comic book you read, whatever. But, like, there are people who don't realize, like, that movie is part of a bigger chain of movies, you know? Right. And I'm sick of having girlfriends that I go to movies with that, A, are continuously asking me questions like, oh, uh, am I supposed to know that person? Or, like, where did that come from? You should have known because you should have seen the other movies. Or, like the rolling credits are up and you have the nerve to get up. Bitch, if you don't sit your black ass down. If there is one thing that Marvel has taught me. You do not get up. Thing. We have more shit to watch. One, you had one job. And that is to respect but that's the crazy thing. Credits. That's the crazy thing. I have friends like that who, you know, you don't know. I mean, you're not into it. And that's fine. Right. You know, you just think this is a cool action movie. So And I, that's a market for that too. Yeah, there is. And so I want to I think I wanna bring it full circle too, to even to people who just don't know in general, like, okay, girl, you about to go on a date. This video is to tell you everything you know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe before you go see this movie, so you don't look stupid. Like, right. Let me help you, sis. So, I mean, we joke, like, me and my friends who are helping me make this idea, we call it the relatable nerd. And relatable is in quotes, because I feel like that's just taken away from the nerd community in, in general. But just being someone who people can feel like they can talk to, or, like, if they don't know, it's like, I'm not about to sun you. I'm going to let you know in ways you understand, because you have to know how to talk to people. Everybody's not going to get it the way that you get it. Right. So and that's, I feel like that's what I want to do with my brand. No, I think that's amazing, and I think it also, it completely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say revolutionizes, because I know, like, other women who are, like, tech, you know, but I think it also, it really shakes up. That's what I wanted the term. It shakes up, like, what that perception looks like, especially for something that it's, like, we really don't have that much access into it anyway, like, um, and even the thing, like, yeah, me and you, we both work for the same company, but we're in two completely different worlds. So like, different. You know, ad side, you know, it is completely different in terms of, like, I am dealing with products, bitch. I am the point after the cobalt gets inserted. Like, hey, where do we go from here? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I'm just in here like, what? Girl, math. Ugh. Like, right. I, I'm over here breaking out Girl, in the high. I had someone else that worked at our company. Like, I told her, oh, I'm a software engineer. And she was like, oh, that's cool, right? And we were, like, we were at some big conference and I put on my laptop and I start coding and she was like, Oh, like you really do this. And I was like, bitch, that's what I just said. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, but like you really do this. Like, you know what that means? Oh, I just typed it. (laughs) She's not a hoe. I actually love her, but what is the way to engineer? (laughs) I'm confused. Did you want me to engineer you a sandwich? Like what the fuck did you think it was going to be? Listen. Okay. And I mean, I I think that's also where my name comes from. Like no way she codes. Like when I tell people like, oh, I'm a a software engineer. (gasps) 
no way. Yes. Yes. Wait. Is it hard? Um, not to me. You know, do you, are you good at math? Clearly that's how I got here. You know, like <laughs> I just, people just be so fascinated or like, it's so unbelievable that I code Tell or, me more. or like, or then they could be like, but you're not awkward or, you know, you're really cool. Like you can actually talk to people. You like, girl, you social. could be a video girl. Like what? Like what? Is Someone that? told me that they were like, you have enough ass that you should just be Instagram famous. Just take a bunch of pictures and like angle. But I've always told myself, I don't want to be famous just cause I have ass. Like there's enough of those. I follow them and they're all beautiful bitches, but that's not what I want to be. I, let me just say this every day or depending on what time of day it is or what has happened to me, I sit back and be like, is this the day I throw my morals and my home <laughs> training completely out but the window? I feel, but I feel like you, not only you do it right, because I'm not going to tell anybody how they do their shit, but I feel like you can show like, oh, bitch, I can get down. I can, I can dress up, you know, be a bad bitch. But I have a platform. I actually have something to talk about. I have a voice. I have something to say, like... I think that's and the, I have something to say more than just selling flat tummy teas. No shade, no tea. Just literally. saying. And literally. <laughs> I think that's a, a thing that we don't even, you know, we limit our aspect of blackness when we do that. You know, it's like, oh, man, you trying to act white. No, I'm not trying to act white. I'm trying to show us that we are black 365 in every different way, in every mm-hmm. shade, in every hue, in every aspect, industry, um, community. It is what it is. Um, so I think, yes, that's amazing that you have your brand that is, you know, popping and starting off. And also, let me say this. For you to be hard on yourself, your engagement, your organic engagement, I know you're like getting into those terms and everything and really starting to understand that your engagement is off the chain. Your engagement is better than mine. Like, and so, and I'm not saying it on no shade shit or like, I really mean that. So I'm like, don't take what you're doing lightly or scoff at it because I'm like, that is the biggest challenge on social media, especially now that everyone has figured out this is a formula. Everybody got a podcast now. Everybody blogging. Yeah. Everybody trying to tell you which edge control to use. Everybody out here trying to do squats and, you know, be at LA Fitness on the Stairmaster. Like, people have figured out that just as much as you should have your day job, this back-end shit can be oh, very profitable else. as well. Profitable. And I, I mean, and I, see, I do see what you're saying because I have been, like, not googling clues we're on instagram but i have been i search every day for like black girl gamers following the hashtag stuff like that and it's like their engagement is not what i'm I'm hoping like there's somebody i could be like i want to be like her or i want to partner with her because i'm personally a person i don't like starting something new which that is a big downfall of mine i don't like starting something new if something already exists i'm gonna be like I, in my mind i'm like why rewrite the script let me attribute to your success right? right that has gotten me in a few places that it shouldn't and it's also gotten me to a place where i'm waiting for people to make my dreams come true and so this, this doing what i'm doing has gotten me to a place where it's like you're no longer waiting for these people like you are doing this shit yourself your vision your dreams you're not compromising your thoughts or ideas like you're doing this for you and no one else but it's like i am finding people where it's like you don't have that engagement so i do that is a big thing for me i do want to highlight Black women in gaming, black women in anime, black women who are just doing all the cool nerdy shit that I'm talking about regardless. Because you there are women like, in it, Yeah, but like everything else, there are not enough black women. And it's, well, everything else besides social work and nursing, there are not enough black women. I mean, that's And just, shout out to all you social workers and nursing, nurses, y'all doing great things, but I'm just saying. No, and, and that's the thing, like, for you to be a part of changing that narrative is beautiful. So... You know, and on the tail end, just wanted to wrap up in general with you. So, yes, we, you're, you have an extremely demanding day job. You now are tacking on 
um, you know, your own personal brand that's connected to it. My black ass can't never seem to get a consistent lunch date with you. I feel away. Um, what I love you. Um, you're finishing. <laughs> you didn't even mention this. I'm gonna mention it for you. You're finishing getting your masters, a bad bitch times two. Um, and so then, even on top of it, how do you balance your personal life? Like you clearly are snatched. Um, yes, fellas, when this when the promo drops, don't do not DM me. I'm gonna hurt your feelings. But it's just like, it's like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, But no, how do you balance that? You know, the fact that there's family that still want to see your ass. You got a man that's like, so are we going to get these hamburgers and all? Like, what's going on, babe? Like, how do you balance that all? It's hard. Um, You can definitely ask any of my friends and family. I do go ghost for a while sometimes, especially dealing with school. When I say I cannot wait for school to be over and have my life back, y'all. But um, I literally actually have my schedule for that chunk, like, wrapped around your... When is your graduation date to make sure I have it correct? May 12th at 3 p.m., <laughs> the greatest day of my life <laughs> besides my birth. May 11th at 1.30 p.m. You graduate on a Saturday? No, the, no, no, no. Graduation is on Sunday. It's on Mother's Day. So oh, if you, so that's Saturday. Okay, Saturday cool. is so, a party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. So listen, they'll say okay. they'll be accounted for. But I, I think a a lot of it goes back to I haven't done it perfectly. Like I have tried to overcompensate and try to be there for people because I don't want people to feel a way that I'm not around. And I've literally driven myself into the ground, not being home for months or being home one week out of the month. Like that shit is insane. So I a have just listen. This first comes surf. First, yeah, first come, first serve right now. Okay, y'all niggas are on a queue. Unless you're, unless you're Margaret P. Geneve, that's my mom, y'all niggas are on a queue. I'm only traveling for fun one, one to two times a month, which is still fucking a lot. But it it's, is. It's, it is. It is a fucking it's lot. four weeks in a month. All right, so right. But that's, so that, but that's already less than what I was doing before. Before, right. I, it's, possibi- it's a possible possibility that I was one weekend in Miami. Next weekend, I'm going to Atlanta to go see some friends. Next weekend, I'm in New York to go see some family. Next weekend after that. You know, like, I can't run like that. So you're on the queue. You get one. one. It's really, I'm really keeping it at one. Like, I've really done only one trip a month. Since the new year. It's only February, I know, but, you know, I'm trying. And then um, y'all can always come visit me. I'm always okay with people coming. So that's really how I try to, like, manage that. Like, oh, you want to see me? Bring that ass. Because this ass is going nowhere. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) And I think, too, I mean, my boyfriend keeps me grounded. Like, I be telling him sometimes, like, oh, I'm about to go do this. And he'd be like, but you were just, like, about to go do this other thing. And I'd be like, you right. You right. You right. You right. And I I will cancel shit. I'm too, I'm too old. I'm only 25. But I'm just at a place in life where it's like I'm done trying to bend backwards for people who half the time ain't even bending their back for me. No shade, no tea. The power of no. It's an, it, it's the shortest declarative. It's the shortest sentence you can make. Hello? You know, um, no. And that doesn't require an explanation. Um, it doesn't require... <laughs> uh, extraness around it. it that is the statement and depending on who you are maybe I should give you some additional sentences after that but if I say no the answer is no Valid. and you owe it to no one to explain the steps that you need to take to protect your peace and to protect your sanity I think Amen. that's that's the biggest thing that we forget at times like you are you gonna be sitting here ripping the drool from my chin if I just lose my fucking mind and can't come back from it? No. Nope. So I'm gonna do what I need to do to keep me straight and centered and narrow. And it is what it is. 
So I definitely think that it is amazing that you have that grounding um, from your family as well as like from your man to be like, no, we got you, but we need you to also like remember to check in and yeah. tap in. And I, I think that is what I'm working on, like making sure I at least text people, FaceTime people, because I, I will like go ghost like yeah i but then have the nerve to be on instagram because it's like you know you just always on instagram she was going to houston okay so mm, that makes sense but wrapping up what is when it is all said and done because like you said you're 25 you have so much time in terms of like really taking charge and making these moves and continuing to be the bomb as black woman that you are what is it that gabby wants to do where do you see yourself going from here um, I want to continue to give STEM back to minority communities. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just say black communities, even though, you know, that's near and dear to my heart, but just minority communities overall. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something I really push for all the time. Um, and one day I want to work on something. Like, I want to be able to be like, I worked on this thing, and whatever that thing is, is something like, millions of people are touching you yeah, know like that funny. that is my goal and the last thing is i want to be in a place where i am mentoring women to be confident strong and not being worried about these niggas because <sighs> Not nothing. I'm not even trying to be on that. Oh, niggas ain't shit. Niggas ain't this. Niggas it's not ain't that. that. It's not even that. I just think that we as women, there are still a lot of people or promotions or just things that are out there that are trying to teach women like you have a place. Uh, you need to be home cooking and cleaning and whatever. And it's like there are so many things for you out there, young girl. Like you're not a failure if you become the rich auntie. You're, you're that- not. You're not. You're does your, not define your success. And you're also not the failure to become the housewife. Like exactly. live the life that you choose to live, but do not feel like you have to be in this bubble. Do not feel like you have to fill someone's definition of what a woman is. Fill in your definition of what a woman is. Exactly. Um, I cannot say you know or thank you enough for coming on to the show. I you know and, and that's another thing. I've only known you since like what June, July. Yeah, girl. So it's not even a year, but I think you're in a, you know, everybody comes into your life for, you know, either the season or a reason. And I must say it has been amazing to, you know, have somebody that number one, I could bond and connect with and that is like-minded. And even though we work in different orgs, so it's not like I even see you like that, but seriously, every day I look and I'm like, is her name on TV? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, that is something that it's, it's encouraging. It helps me have a moment. I'm like, one more, just one more. And it's like, y'all going to get all of this 50, 20 South Prairie. Hello. Like, um, but no, I, I sincerely, I'm excited to see where you move in your journey. Thank you for coming and blessing the show. Um, no, and thank you for having me. This is my first podcast <laughs> ever interview. Yeah. So this was exciting. Um, but no, love, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm going to be very quick with my motivational message. Um, and it's actually stemming from something that I actually saw happen consistently <laughs> this week. And it has been driving me fucking insane. It's, it's so disrespectful. I continue on Instagram to see this uh, story circulating about Richard B. Spikes and how he received a patent for his automatic gear shift for cars. Now, in terms of who he was, um, 
he did this, uh, let me see, for his innovation in designs of transmission, he received over $100,000 in the 1930s. That's an amazing accomplishment. That's beautiful for our black brother to do this. What I fucking cannot deal with is the fact that Black-owned news, Mellon United Nation, several other outlets who have significant platforms like Melanated your Mellon United Nation has 44,000 followers, Black-owned news got 34,000 followers. Um, another site that I saw that I had to call out, they got like significant amount of followers. The picture that you all are associating with Richard B. Spikes is Jan Metzlinger. Awkward. And it's disrespectful as fuck. Not to one socially, you know, relevant, especially like, yes, I get it. It's Black History Month. But it's disrespectful as fuck, not only to one ancestor, but to two. Because Jan Metzlinger made the lasting shoe machine. He is on the American stamp in 1991 for our Black Heritage series. He was born on a coffee plantation in Dutch Guiana. Like, this was a man that even though, quote unquote, he was biracial, he was treated like a nigga just because even if you in a bench, you're still a nigga in a coop. Like that's been happening for generations. And so what my motivational message is, is please take into consideration the seriousness and the responsibility that you have with your platform. Mm-hmm. And to fact check your shit. Now, there's been times where things that were wrong and I'm like, oh, I've got to go back. Like, ooh, y'all, y'all know I meant Camilla Harris, not Camilla Burke. I don't know where the fuck that came from. You know, and, or just when you're in free thought and you're associated. And I completely get that. But it's like, if you are doing something, you have got to have your eyes dotted and your T's motherfucking crossed. Because these are two African-American men. And, not, and I can see how it's easy to make the mistake because I went on several search engines and they have the wrong face with the actual... They have the wrong face with the actual story. So I can see how the mistake came to be. But if you know better, do better. And if you have this platform, you have got to get it correct. Because I have seen nobody, none, none, none of the venues, or I should say venues, but nobody that I called out actually responded to me. It was like, oh, shit, we did fuck that up. My bad, girl. Thank, thank you for telling us. And then secondly, I haven't seen it taken down. So now you got 3,125 people that think that giant Metzlinger did this because they don't realize that's the wrong face. And then you got 2,075 people on the other page. It's like, it, that multiplies. That's how you have alternative facts and fake news. And I get it, no one, you that's know. really because people copy and paste everything these days. And that's the thing. Think of it this way. We live in a, in a society where we have access to more information than ever fucking before. And on the other converse, people are not researching on a level that is scary. I know, like, yes, audiobooks are great. Try if you can to still read a book. There's a difference. The way your mind works and adjusts that is different. The printed page matters still. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I am that old school purist. It's like, bitch, fuck a Kindle. I got I, one. I prefer books. But I, I want a page turned. I need mm-hmm. them bitches to get dog-eared. I need to spill, you know, Red Bull in it. Like, I just think there's something very intimate about a book and, like, exchanging books, giving that to someone. Yeah. Right-clicking for notes a download doesn't matter, you know? I agree. And that's the thing, like, please, please, please be responsible with your platforms. And another thing, I didn't call out these you know pages to be disrespectful and to be like fuck which i think it's beautiful that you have a page that's reaching so many people to try and educate us on ourselves but educate correctly and be willing to be like oops my bad let's get this redacted let's revise we have this. enough rewritten history in our textbooks less. we cannot be the ones that do it ourselves and if mm-hmm. i have ever been that person 
my email is joyhasquestions at gmail.com. Yes, it's changing so that it can be a domain email in the future, but that's just what it... I am not the bitch that's going to be like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it my way. Like, if you call me out on some shit, we could talk, we discuss. Just make sure you come to me correct with respect. And I promise you, I'll be like, thank you for checking Wait, my so how did you catch it was the wrong person? Because Is it something you already knew? I already knew because I had parents that, like, as a little kid made me read, like, little black known history facts yeah. from Tom Joyner. And that those facts, oh, my God. When he would do his little black history, that was every, that's how I found out about Jan Metzlinger. That's how I found out about... Um, um, Elijah McCoy, the real McCoy. Um, whenever I went to anything, my daddy was the king of look it, look it up. Those yeah. three words to the point that I got so tired of, we were going to the library so much. I remember one time my uncle George was like, if you do well on your report card, what do you want? I asked that man for an encyclopedia set and he got me a 26 volume beautifully bound hunter green lexicon encyclopedia set. When I tell you that was the best gift I ever got, I read through like I am the when you, we talk about nerds, you love coding and math and everything. I love to read through encyclopedias. Like if I want to look up something, like it'll send me down the best rabbit hole because I love educating myself. Um, so I knew about who he was from Jerry. Um, I'm learning now about Jim Cross, who made lawnmowers, and also if just really basic, if you want to learn about the amazing inventions, or rather why. I don't know. Let me back up. There's a lot to be said, and we don't connect these dots. If you're a people or if your community base is based on being the ones to have to do the manual labor, there's a strong correlation between the fact that a lot of the inventions were made by people who weren't even trying to be innovative. They just were like, bitch, I'm tired of being in the field. It wasn't even a matter of sometimes our ancestors try to be like, this shit is going to have me talked about in 2019. I can see it. It's just a matter of, bitch, I'm tired of being in the field this all this goddamn night. So if I got to do this, let me try and figure out to find a faster way to do it. Yeah. And then it's like, now it's a double-edged sword of, not only do y'all have me out here working fucking crazy, being disrespectful, not treating me like a whole-ass human, but then you're benefiting on the back end like, oh, bitch. Well, yeah, let's sell this lawnmower and not give you any credit for it. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, let me realize that you were the, the most qualified whiskey maker in all of Tennessee, but I'm going to have my friend. Oh, Jesus, we about to go there. All right, I'm going to have my friend take it from Nearest Rush. Or, yeah. Like, I didn't realize one of the earliest patents is from, and I can't, it's so upsetting because I keep trying to research her and find her name. She made basically a spatula. But when you a, a fucking house cook in slaves, that's, epic like she made like the earliest known patent of like a spatula it was a baking like and it like revolutionized baking i mean yeah so it's just like those are the things that like i take really seriously and that's why i'm just like y'all if we are gonna sit here and make sure our edges are correct make sure we get the due to the ancestors that came before also if you look at jim messlinger he was fine he was definitely a, a 18. Hey, boo. No, he was definitely an 1830s daddy. He was out here looking Ooh. like Sam Cooke's little brother. I was like, do you see this part? Ew. Do you see this? He oh, giving that God. look of like, girl. You know, I'll change your life. I will make this last in shoe machine and I will last on you. Like, <laughs> don't, don't play this game. He was like, I was like, okay, Jim. I said, no, okay. Let me stop. But um, yeah, that's all I have to say. I want everyone to have an amazing beautiful week um let's keep the positivity going if you are out here trying to make your dreams happen if you don't know where to start always know that square one is an amazing place to be
that first step is an amazing place to be. And even if you are at, st- at step one, you're still many steps ahead from people who ain't even started doing it yet. So everyone have a great week. Love you guys. It's your girl Joy Has Questions. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.